G'day, and welcome to episode 130 of the Packavy Podcast. My name is Hayden Thompson, and today's conversation is with Alice Gray, who is the founder and CEO of iHeart Fat Fudge Foods, and is the producer of Mindful Monk Chocolates. Now, Alice, the driving force behind the business, uniquely utilizes pure monk fruit juice as the sweetener for her chocolates, which is the first within the category. During our long and winding conversation, among many things, we discuss Alice's startup story and her genuine dedication to well-being, both in life and through her business. All right. I hope you all enjoy today's episode, which is 130 with Alice Gray. Alice, welcome to the show. Hi, Hayden. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm so glad that we have uh, finally got the opportunity to chat. Yeah, one year later. <laughs> I know. Well, you know what? Yeah, we did touch base about a year ago, but I'm thinking yeah. back, you and I met, it must have been two years ago at uh, Andrea Gray Grant's um, From the Ground Up trade show that she had, the outdoor oh. event, the one where we're outside. Yeah, outside of Peony. Okay. That or was, maybe that was yeah, three yeah, years that, ago. Yeah. Okay. So three years and here we are. 2021. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Yeah. And at the time, I think you going back through your LinkedIn profile, you launched in 2020 and uh, yeah, here we are just over three years later or three and a half years later. And you've come a long way from that first conversation. Yeah. It's, it's been a whirlwind. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it has. So tell us all about it. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Yeah. So I was born and raised in beautiful Richmond, BC. Um, back in the 80s and yeah went to school out there lived out there and uh yeah that's where i live i live in richmond yeah yeah yeah. we're in terranova and uh our head office is also in richmond as well so it's pretty convenient for me oh i grew up in steveston did you beautiful spot yeah 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 so it's great yeah yeah Yeah. we're down in steveston all the time like on the weekends we head down that way there's lots of playgrounds as you know and it's a great place to raise the kids too we love it yeah and my my combo there is i love Padros, yeah, on the wharf, and yeah. then after that, you go to Timothy's and you grab yeah. your frozen yogurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I know it's such a good spot. Steveston, uh, is booming at the moment. Like, um, you know, there were a few empty retail locations like coming out the side of other side of COVID, but they seem to all have been filled up right now. And yeah, the food and coffee and can't complain about any of it. It's really nice. No, it's so busy down there, and I'm just I'm not used to that because we I bring the kids every now and then and kind of yeah. show them where I used to play and hang yeah. out, and it's just. It's buzzing. Like you have to like move aside and Look make room for, for people parking. on the sidewalk. Yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, a couple of weeks ago during the Canada Day weekend, we went down for the parade, which was really cool. Oh, the Salmon Festival. That's yeah, the like Salmon my Festival. Favorite. I know. Yeah, it's good fun. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're based out in Abbotsford now. You're raising the kids out there. Uh, well, I live in Langley. Um, Langley, but sorry. My, yep. Yeah. Yeah. But the commissary is in Abbotsford. That's right. Oh, cool. How was it out yeah. that way? Uh, it's it's nice. It's quiet. Yeah. Um, I I don't like a lot of like going out and stuff. I'm quite the homebody now, yeah. so um, it, yeah. it's good for us and it's great for little ones too. Like, there's so many parks out there. Yeah. Um, great community. Like, it's really nice out in Langley. That's fantastic. So, from growing up in Richmond out to Langley, it's not that far for all intents and purposes. Um, I see when I was going through your LinkedIn profile as well. You've like, you know, you've got a degree in marketing. You did a BA in commerce, which sort of focused on entrepreneurship management, and mm-hmm. you also have a history of working in the golf industry in retail and also some sales as well. So, yeah, tell us all about your history in that respect. Yeah. So, for the longest time, like my background was uh, fashion and sales, um, apparel. And then I worked in the golf pro shop, which is again, dealing with apparel and sales. So I did that. And then um, I just, one day, one of the golf pros were like, do you want to try playing golf? And I was like, sure. They're like, it's free. And I'm like, okay, why not? If it's free. And then 
I remember after my first swing and hitting a ball, I got hooked and I was like, what is this? So um, I played golf for a good like four or five years. I was really into it. Um, They say one in 10% break a hundred. And I was one of those one in 10. So I was shooting like, you know, low nineties. Awesome. And then I was like, I want to teach people how to do this. So I went to Camosun College for their golf yeah. management program so that. Uh, with the intention of becoming a golf pro one day. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and what happened? Uh, what happened was as I continued working in the golf shop, um, I met a sales rep. Yeah. Um, and I was like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, we just, I just go to golf shops and I sell clothes and da, da. And I'm like, that sounds like fun. Like, you want to try it? And I was like, sure. And then. And that got me into the world of sales, sales repping. And um, yeah, yeah. So I, rep, I repped a few golf friends and then I yeah. got a job with Puma Canada as a yeah. rep. I um, saw that too. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Really cool. Very good. Yeah. And uh, do you still tee off every now and then or life is a bit too busy for that? Not since having kids. So yeah. I'm going to say it's been about eight years since I've touched a golf club, but I am going to bring it back because I need my me time and yeah. I, my happy place is the driving range. So yeah. I'm going to bring that back. Very cool. Yeah. yeah, that's it's insane how life changes when you have kids and like for the better in a lot of ways. But, you know, a lot of that alone time does disappear. For me, I did a lot of skiing. So I came across to Canada and I met my wife in Lake Louise, did a couple of ski seasons. And I couldn't imagine life without skiing in the winter. I haven't been for a ski for five years. It just goes so fast. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. Now I'm afraid yeah. that I'd injure myself. Like I've lost all of my flexibility. I feel as if a lot of my leg strength has disappeared. I'd need to work out to get back to being ski fit before I go out again, I think. Yeah, yeah. and you can go back and just start easy and it'd be oh, fun for to do sure. with the kids if they're, if they're old enough. Yeah, 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 exactly. So Zave's turning six in um, September. So I think he's a, a really good age now to get onto the bunny hill. So yeah, yeah. we intend to like head to Grouse or Seymour or something like that and nice. have a little rip around. And yeah, I think now's a good time to get back into it as well. For sure. Yeah, very good. So business with obviously you having a degree in marketing and you, you know, getting some exposure in sales, um, that would have given you a really good platform to sort of build upon, I'd imagine. And you would imagine, but um, for some reason, when it comes to your own product, which is so personal, yeah, um, I actually found that to be quite difficult because I know too much. And then I therefore share too much. And often the message that I'm trying to portray or say gets lost because it's yeah. just too much information. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting. Obviously, yeah, you know, you're running your own business right now and you're doing it all which, you know, especially in the early days is such a common theme. Um, what sparked the idea? Why did you decide to get into business on your own? Uh, that's a great question. Um, it's a bit of a story, but mm-hmm. good thing we have time. So yep. um, so my journey begins when I had uh, when I had my first pregnant with my first daughter. Um, mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with gestational diabetes, mm. and um, I knew it was going to happen just because I had familial diabetes. Um um, it's more prone if you're Asian or Southeast Asian. It's just, it's in our genes. Is it so, really? you know, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, when it happened, I was a little upset, but the doctors were like, don't worry, we got you. Mm-hmm. We're going to put you on insulin. We're going to put you on diabetes diet. You're going to do these diabetes walks and everything will be fine. And yeah. it was, and I'm grateful for it because it totally did work out. Um, but it wasn't fun injecting the insulin because yeah. the one location that my body would receive it was right next to my belly button. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the stress of being pregnant on top of having to manage that, like it was a lot. So um, two years later, I found that I was still tired, still, you know, not feeling 100%. And um, that's when I was starting to look at the food we were eating. 
Mm. Um, so I cut out all the sugars, uh, refined sugars, all grains, all highly processed foods. And I took my family down this journey of like healthy eating mm. and just tried a number of diets like Whole30, Paleo, Keto, you name it. We tried yep. it. Yeah. Um, and then I became pregnant with my second shortly after that. And then I was like, okay, um, chances are high of having gestational diabetes again. And my one goal was to not take insulin. So I was like, mm. let's use food to manage my diabetes. Mm -hmm. And when I looked into, you know, eating not keto, but essentially a keto diet with diabetes, like back in 2018, it was like a hard no, like, don't do it. You can harm the baby. You can harm your body. Da, 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 da. Then I found one article from, I think her name is Dr. Lily Nicholas. Okay. And she said, uh, if you are already fat adapted, which is pretty much like you can burn fat for fuel. Yes. Um, before you're pregnant, then it is safe to continue. So I, I went with that and I trusted my gut and I was like, I, I believe what she's saying is correct. Yeah. I will have more carbs though, but in the sense of like fresh fruit, fresh yeah. vegetables. Yeah. Um, and then, and then it worked. And wow. the one thing, yeah, the one thing that I made though for my cravings, cause I wanted something sweet were a version of the fudge or the dark chocolate squares that you see today. And, yeah. um, yeah, so I made those, um, I liked monk fruit cause it was safe. Uh, based on studies and that's what i used as a sweetener mm -hmm. uh and yeah and it worked so that's kind of like how the product came to but i had no intention of turning that into a business it was just something that worked for me yeah um kept me satiated satisfied my sweet tooth and yeah. helped me get through the day and i had every intention of going back to work yeah but um after the birth of my second daughter um shortly after like within an hour i had severe hemorrhaging and lost over two and a half liters of blood and mm everything just shifted and i remember saying to my husband like something's not right and then within a few minutes like i was out couldn't talk couldn't yeah. couldn't open my eyes couldn't do anything um he said i was gone for like five hours and he didn't know if he was gonna get the happy doctor or the yeah. sad doctor yeah. Um, yeah yeah but when i finally came to like i just i was like i did it like i'm here and that's not for nothing so like like I got to do something like I, I need to help people. I need to help and serve people like, okay, what can I do? Like, what can I offer people? And I'm like, okay, well, my snack helped me so much when I had diabetes. Um, if it helped me, I believe it can help other people too. And that's when I decided to turn that experience that I went through into a business. Amazing. Um, that hemorrhage is really scary. My wife had a, a severe hemorrhage with our first, with the birth of Zave. And uh, yeah, she got whisked off into um, in and had a, a general anesthetic. And it turns out there was some placenta remaining. So it wasn't sort of allowing her body to heal, but she lost so much blood as well. And um, yeah, it was really scary. We were in hospital. She was in hospital for a full week after uh, Zave's birth um, before she was allowed to go home. And even then her hemoglobin levels were really, really low. So we had to like watch her and monitor her and all of that kind of stuff. It was, yeah, really scary. Same thing. Like uh, we were like, my baby was allowed to leave within yep. a day, but I was not allowed to leave. So we had yep. to stay there for a few yep. days. Um, I wasn't allowed to drive. I wasn't allowed to go upstairs. Like they yep. just, exactly they don't let you same. do anything. And yep. I tried going upstairs and I remember I like, I, by the time I got to the like the top few steps, like I was crawling and I was like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. And my husband's like, what are you doing? Like, you're not supposed to go upstairs. And I'm like, yeah. but it's upstairs. Like, it's just the simple things you yep. think yep. are not. Yeah, they're not so simple. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and childbirth as well. Like everybody, I mean, maybe this is just was my perspective at the time, but like, you know, you're, you're lucky enough to get pregnant. The pregnancy goes really well. Everybody's really excited. The day arrives, you know, there's contractions and you're like, Whoa, we're going to have a baby. And then, you know, 
childbirth is a serious like endeavor like you know obviously you know to bear yes. witness to childbirth from my perspective was like insane I've never seen anything like it and I just I've got so much um or a different level or a different understanding of you know respect for every woman that goes through childbirth and um that and then you realize you know how serious of an undertaking it is for you know if things go sideways and you know obviously you know we're lucky enough to be living in a time and era right now where you know it's probably the safest it's ever been but could you imagine like you know even 50 70 years ago it would have been a totally different story for you not even the like the anesthesiologist when he saw me the yeah. next day he was yeah. like you're here and he's like if you were not in a hospital and yeah. you tried to give birth even at home at home i know or he said if you were like in a third world country he's yeah. like i'm gonna like he's like you wouldn't be here right now like the look of shock on people's yeah. face the fact that i yeah. made it was what yeah. made me realize how severe yeah. my condition was yeah but um no i'm so grateful that i was you know at the right place at the right time i know and yeah that i'm here and every day i'm just grateful to be here well that's awesome yeah because the doctor said the same thing to us you know and to think that you know we could have lost Ash, my wife, or you could have, um, you know, had a tragic situation as well. It's really scary, but obviously we're very lucky and grateful to be around today. And so out of that, um, you know, scary situation, Mindful Monk was born as well. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> there were two births that day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, the birth of Mindful Monk came a little longer. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the mindset where you had a lot of gratitude and gratefulness for, you know, having an opportunity yeah. to, you know, move forward. Um, and, you know, obviously, yeah, you were solving a problem or your own need um, with the, you know, the sweet tooth that you had as well, which is really cool. You know, I yeah. think, you know, a common theme on this podcast and for a lot of entrepreneurs is they start off by solving their own problem. That is a common thing, even like just meeting new founders, like yeah. they, they had a need and then they figured mm -hmm. it out and then mm -hmm. saw an opportunity mm -hmm. and decided to share it with other people. So that's, that's why cool. it's it's interesting because I find that a lot of my like customers or people who I yeah, find out use the product, it's like who I was a few years ago. Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. like really cool because then I can relate to them. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Hey, just circling back to um, when you were playing around with um, a diet that would work and that would work for you and for your family as well. You know, it sounded like there was a bit of an elimination diet going on, you know, sugar and, uh, you know, uh, carbs and also gluten. Um, keto, you know, I think that where we sort of sit today, you know, you mentioned that, you know, even back in 2018, like very few people even, you know, were aware of what keto was and the awareness around mm -hmm. what keto is now is very, very different in such a short amount of time. You know, you've got vegan diets, you've got vegetarian diets, you've got diets that cover the full spectrum and everybody that sort of lives in each camp is a firm believer in each one. But I think that, you know, mm -hmm. biologically we all live on a, a spectrum and there's a diet that fits with, you know, within um, each sort of body that we all live in um what were the benefits that you saw to a keto diet um for keto specifically um mm. the first like and i didn't do it for weight loss like that was not my intention yeah. one, i know a lot of people do yeah um for me it was clarity mental clarity my brain, yeah. mental clarity oh yeah. my goodness like yeah. my brain just felt so clear so sharp like yeah i could just think so well yeah. not lose and then like i had mom brain and everything brain yeah. fog so that was like a huge <laughs> cloud lifted and yeah. just the energy i had like i like my workouts were getting better yeah. um like it was everything was better and like the one thing i also liked with that was like when i woke up in the morning i woke up and then when it was time for bed i would put my head on the pillow mm -hmm. and i was out because mm -hmm. prior to like 
trying all these number of diets. Like I was eating what they call like the standard Canadian diet. Yeah. Um, and you know, like just eating whatever was out there. Mm -hmm. And like, we would have pasta night once a week, taco mm -hmm. night, like you mm -hmm. name it, we do it. Um, and I love savory, like comfort food. So I was always, you know, making like mac and cheese and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, but just the energy wasn't there. So then, I mean, I didn't cut out like all things, I guess, because it You've does got to live like your life as well, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So I, it's, we lived more like the 90, 10 rule. So like 90% mm -hmm. of the time. So pretty much my rule was if it was in our house, and I was in control, like meaning I brought in the groceries, made the food, then yes, I would eat that way. But if we're one of friends, birthdays, weddings, special occasions, get togethers, I'm going to be more flexible because yeah. I'm not going to expect everyone to cater to our needs. Although I'm yeah, grateful yeah. that my friends go like, can I order this? Can we bring this? Yeah. And I'm like, just do you, my family and I, we will enjoy your company and food yeah. at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's a great way to live. And um, we live a very similar lifestyle to you, it sounds like. Um, yeah. I can understand why you and Nay get along so well, you know, from Switch Roshi, because <laughs> she's got such a similar story to you, uh, you know, with the keto lifestyle and obviously seeing a product market fit, um, you know, with the uh, the world out there and uh, sorry, the, with the keto world. Um so at what point did you sort of go, hey, listen, I've got a really beautiful product. I love it. Um, did you do any market research or how did you sort of go about doing some product testing and sort of what did the initial stages of that business launch look like? Yeah. So the initial stages first was figuring out how to turn, because I did like a, a whole bunch of variations of the, like, so pretty much my product was inspired from keto, uh, a keto mm -hmm. fat bomb, if anyone knows, but yeah. that is pretty much like a snack that's um, high in healthy fats, mm -hmm. um, low in carb and sweet. So I did a number of variations. I did ones with cream cheese. I did ones with um, like butter or anything like anything. Coconut oil. Peanut butter, coconut oil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The yep. one thing I found with all of those is like they would just melt right yeah. away. So, Unless they're yeah. living in the fridge, they're not stable at all. Yeah. hundred percent. So I was, so I like what, what was stable at room temperature and I was like cocoa butter. So I started like going down the route of looking at cocoa butter and seeing like the properties and all, everything. Um, and then I also found that in Canada, um, there were no products with just pure monk fruit and learned that it's because Health Canada hasn't approved it yet. Until this day, they still haven't. Right. Okay. Um, but in the States, there was like Chalk Zero and all these other brands that were utilizing the pure monk fruit extract um, as a sweetener. And I was like, okay, well, I loved monk fruit when I was pregnant because one, it's been used in traditional Chinese medicine for like thousands of years. Like monk fruit is because the monks discovered it. Really? Um, it's safe. Yeah. It's safe for all ages to consume. Um, it's an antioxidant because um, mm. it's the compound of the sweetness you taste is actually called Mogrosite B, which is the antioxidant in the fruit. So it's not glucose. It's not fructose. Um, so I was like, it's a super sweetener. So I just got to figure out how to make chocolate with monk fruit juice. Mm. Um, and that was my solution because I'm like, I, I need something that I can bring with me because the average person isn't going to have a fridge with them 24 seven. Mm -hmm. So they're going to want something that they can, you know, throw in their bag or whatever. Mm. Um, so I remember asking a couple of chocolatiers like, Hey, I have this idea. How do I make chocolate with monk fruit juice? They're like, you can't. And I'm like, why? They're like, Oh, cause if you combine chocolate with, a liquid it will seize and i'm like what does that mean they're like it will harden and you just won't be able to do it and i'm like okay but i need to they're like well like they just pretty much told me i couldn't so then i just went back to my kitchen and just tested it and right. figured it out yeah i played <laughs> yeah essentially yeah. and then um i'm like hey well like it's still moving it's still liquiding okay it hardens okay it's not melting i'm like okay it's, it's working so i just i just did what worked for me and then 
yeah. And then I got friends and families to taste it and then mm -hmm. I tasted it. And then, mm -hmm. yeah. And then, and it was really hard though, because this was during COVID. So I wasn't really able to like yeah. send it to like a wide network of people and be like, Hey, yeah. what do you think? It was really like my close group of like friends and family that were like right, trying right, it right. out first. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Is it a hard ingredient to get a hold of? Because when I go out and I look for um, like a monk fruit sugar, it's usually tied with something. And I think it might be stevia or xylitol, or there might be other ingredients in there. It's not like it's a pure extract or it looks like a sugar crystal. So what's that all about? Yeah, you are bang on. So because Health Canada has an improved pure yeah. monk fruit extract in powder form, yeah. um, the workaround is you can combine it with an alternative sweetener. Yeah. So it's usually yeah. actually erythritol, like the one That's in right. Yeah, which yeah. yeah, I'm not a fan of. It's got a no. funny aftertaste. Yeah. The cooling effect. And I didn't like that too. And also mm -hmm. like if I have too much erythritol, it does upset my stomach. Or okay. yeah, it's mixed with xylitol and stevia. And the reason is because you can't have the pure form. So it has. it's usually like about three to three to one to three percent monk fruit and the rest is the yeah. alternative sweetener that's yeah. right and they were marketing as it a monk like a monk fruit sweetener and i'm like well the I percentage know. it's not even like a high percentage of monk fruit in it so i thought it was a bit of a, a you know what would you call it sort of um misconceptive like a i didn't like the way it was 100%. marketed i was like i felt a bit you know cheated it wasn't and accurate because, yeah because <laughs> all the demos that i've done are talking about mm. monk fruit and it's, it's still like a huge education piece with my mm. business, but the people who um, know it, they're like, oh yeah, I get it at Costco. Then I have to take it one step further and being mm. like, oh, that's awesome. I'm glad you're familiar with it. Um, just so you know, like mine's the pure form because that mm. one is combined with X, Y, Z. Yeah. Um, and then they try my product and they're just like, oh, it is different. And I'm mm. like, yeah, because this is the pure form. So yeah. yeah, a lot of people think that the monk fruit sugar is exactly what they call it is pure monk fruit and it's, yeah. it's not no it's not yeah. so what seems to be the hold up with health canada like um actually like passing it as something that can be sold in canada without it being you know cut into other ingredients yeah it's based on because i did speak to someone from health, health canada yeah. and they just said they're doing their due diligence just to okay. make sure it is safe for all canadians and yeah. that's what they told me Damn. but i'm gonna take it because yeah I am the first yeah, chocolate in Canada exactly. doing it, so I'm yeah, gonna no, like, for sure. run with that for as long as I can. Yeah, are there organizations lobbying for it? Like, who's trying to like push it through? Is there anybody oh, out there I, doing that? I don't Apart know exactly who. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. no, I'm I, I I like my monk fruit juice way, and I'm probably I don't think I would change it. But um, yeah, no. Um, when I was sourcing like ingredients in monk fruit, um, yeah. I was told by one of my suppliers like there's been countless um chocolate companies wait like who have figured out the recipe with monk fruit mm. extract but they cannot do it with the juice and she says mm. once that like once health canada is approved she's like you're going to see a huge increase of all these chocolate bars with monk fruit wow okay so, cool yeah. well you're so you're sort of first to market is that the way that you'd look at it uh yeah based on my research and based yeah. on one supplier's telling me like at yeah. the last uh, get to go trade show he was yeah. like you are the only person in canada who's figured out how to do monk fruit juice with chocolate holy shit what a position and you I was found like, yourself in. I'm like, that's what I'm like, that's what I thought, but I didn't know. But yeah. Thank you for like, you know, yeah, checking that. that box. <laughs> that's really cool. All right. So you got some great feedback from family and friends. Um, you had dialed in the recipe to some degree. Um, at what point were you able to get out to market and start selling the product? Um, so I launched in December 2020 online. Mm -hmm. Um, I got into everything keto. Um, and that was kind of like my first retailer. And then it was tough. Like I, so because I had a sales background, I thought it'd be very simple. I launch a product, going to go straight to retail. Like it's just going to be like selling how I sold clothes into retail. It was very different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And also like, because of COVID, I couldn't like go into stores and like, you know, pitch. It was very hard. Everyone was just like standing so far from each other. So yeah. I really relied on sampling. Um, sampling was sampling, sort of put on hold for a long free. time. Yeah. 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 So, but I, I would send product out to people and just hope, like, I just hoped really like that was mm. all I could do. So it wasn't until I'm going to say the last six to eight months when things have opened up and I had the opportunity to do demos where things really have taken off for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. And you know, it's so critical. Like as soon as people taste a product, everything yeah. changes, you know, you can tell people how good it is. You can show them in the ingredients list. You can have a beautiful brand. You can have a beautiful story. The price might be right, but until t- people taste it, I don't think any of that matters. Yeah. And for my business, because like something you said was uh, it was good enough to launch, but since doing all these in-person demos, I kept mm. hearing something over and over again. And they're like, what's that aftertaste? There's an aftertaste. And mm. I started calling it the monk fruit face because they would try it and they'd be like, like, what is that? And I'm like, oh no, there it is again. So then because I consistently heard that, and I mean, I had I have no desire to satisfy everyone's taste buds because mm. we're all so different. Can't. But yeah, no, I can't. But I can I, I know I can make it better. So actually a couple months ago, I went back into the kitchen and I like did oh, seven hours in there, so many iterations. Um, and like let everyone in the kitchen, like in the commissary mm. kitchen, test it out and then finally landed on something that was really good. And so like now, as of now, like anything coming out now is the newest version. Um, and the feedback I've been getting is like, it, it's, it's what I've been looking for. Like, yeah. yeah awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I've changed, um, so I've changed it again. <laughs> so listening to what the consumer and what people were saying to you is obviously really important so that you, you've got an idea as to sort of where it's at. Um, obviously it's important not to listen to everybody's opinion and everybody 100%. says that because if you listen to everybody's opinion, you'd never be able to settle, but what were you specifically listening for? Like, were there any, you know, key words that you were like, oh, I needed to hear that. Like, what was it that was sort of triggering for you in a positive way? Um, well, it was the people who were, who I thought were my customer mm. and the initial taste was like, oh, that's really good. And then it was the, oh, what is that? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, there was an aftertaste and they just, it just kept being aftertaste, aftertaste. And I will say like monk fruit, it's a new flavor for a lot of people in North America. It's not sweet like sugar. It's a different kind of sweetness. Like I said before, it's an antioxidant. So I feel like it probably hits your palate a little different. Mm. Like it hits your mouth more in the back than in the front. Okay. Um, But just hearing it over and over again. And because I was hearing it over and over again, aftertaste, mm-hmm. aftertaste, aftertaste, yep. it just, I was like, I need to do something about it because yeah. if, if even like the people who are my customer are saying that, then I, I can do it, make it better. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. interesting. And I think deep down, I think deep down, I kind of knew too, but because I'm so familiar with the aftertaste, I've like, I've just learned to accept it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've had quite a few um, chocolate businesses on the podcast. It's been great to have these conversations with everybody. And, you know, some people have come from a background of, you know, working with chocolate and some people like you have been brand new to it. How did you find, you know, the technical aspect of making chocolate, you know, and I'm sure you started off in your kitchen at home and eventually you have progressed into a commissary kitchen now, but I know that, you know, the temperature of the environment, even the bench tops, you know, working on a marble slab, potentially like there are some technical aspects that you sort of really have to wrap your head around. So, you know, did you work with any mentors? Did you lean on anybody to sort of gain that level of knowledge that's required to work with chocolate? Like how have you sort of managed the technical aspect of production? YouTube and Google. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I was just determined and I already decided that I was going to make it work and it was just a matter of figuring it out. So mm-hmm. I read, and it, and like, again, it was hard because all the articles were like, I, I kind of used honey as an example of monk fruit because it's a liquid. And then same thing, like articles were like, cannot use honey. 
cannot use liquid sweeteners, just no, 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 no. Like all the experts, like I think one of them is like the something, the alchemist or something is like a popular chocolate website. Um, okay. Anyways, I just, I watched videos and I learned about like, like you said, the different temperatures, mm. how to temper chocolate, dark yep. chocolate versus white chocolate. Like it was just, there was this whole learning curve and a yeah. lot of testing at home. Yeah. Yeah. It's like making sourdough. Like it's such an intricate and scientific process. Yeah. Did I you enjoy that one day? <laughs> oh, sourdough's fun. I, uh, like everybody when COVID hit, you know, people picked up their little hobbies and I did pick up making bread at home and it was fun. But I also picked up making kombucha. I think, you know, working with live organisms and, you know, um, you know, working with the mother in the, in the, um, the kombucha and obviously the starter that you've got to keep alive in the sourdough, like there's a lot of crossover there and it, it's fun, you know, working with something that transforms into something else. It was really cool. Yeah, I quit drinking a couple of years ago um, yep. for this business. Okay. Um, and I started brewing kombucha too, and I I love it. Like cool, I love it? making kombucha. Yeah. Yeah, it's been quite a few years. Like we just mentioned about you know you putting golf and me putting skiing on hold when <laughs> when our kids arrived, that all went by the wayside as well. Uh, mind <laughs> you, my son. So yeah, I mean he was two well, 18 months, two years old in 2020. So like yeah, a few things definitely got put on hold, but um. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? So were you into science at school? Like, you know, the whole, you know, no, like measurements no. and, you know, record keeping aspect no. of making chocolate. No, no, none of it. Not until I started down this journey. Then I started recording everything, yeah. like how much I was using, how long I yeah. was doing it for, what the temperature was, like yeah. just all these yeah. notes. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. So you've managed yeah. to refine it over time. Where are you at right now? Like, obviously, you know, there are new SKUs in the lineup. Um, you know, you've got some thoughts bubbling away for what the future looks like, and you've got to have your procedures and, you know, um, all of these things written down so that you can train people and pass on knowledge so that it's not all stored up in your head as well. So it sounds like you're starting to iron all of that out. Yes, I need to start doing that out because, um, like I said, business is growing yeah. and I, I can no longer do this alone. Because, no. like, I'm literally doing everything from like making the chocolate yeah. to packaging it. Well, I do have a little bit of help with packaging. Um, my sister helps me out with that. But then cool. um, the delivering like to to retailers, to customers, to the distribution, to doing You're the doing demos, doing everything, the accounting, ops, yeah. marketing. That's all me. <laughs> Bookwork, the lot. <laughs> a bookkeeping. Oh, don't even get me started there. <laughs> While raising two girls full yeah. time. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's how insane. old are your girls now? uh seven and three but they're almost um the three-year-old's going to be four in august yeah. and then the seven-year-old will be eight in okay. um september and going to grade three what is going what on what is going on there i know yeah, yeah it's funny yeah. watching the kids grow isn't it yeah so my son he's five and a half and my daughter's three and a half and uh, my wife's pregnant with our third right now she's due <gasps> september so life's about to get Congratulations. more hectic. thank you yeah oh we're really God, excited so for that excited. Yeah, it's it's really cool. We're excited. But um yeah, we definitely know what you're going through, that's for sure. And then throwing running and you know, operating a business. You don't have many so hours. They, they're a part of the business. Like they sure. they come with yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I grew up in my parents' business as well. It's so cool, you know, watching your parents, you know, navigate all of the intricacies of the everyday life of you know, running a business, the stresses that you feel, the wins that you have, you know, they watch you and the way that you respond to it all. It's really cool. It's a good lesson to learn. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what role do they play? Do they get their hands in the chocolate at all? Or, you know, are they running around? What do they do? Um, so 
Kira loves actually just eating the chocolate. Like she yeah. will just pound that back. So Kira's the older <laughs> one. She'll just eat it all day long. Yeah. Um, and then Emmy, the little one, because she's because Kira was in school most of the time. And yeah. Emmy, the the younger one, she would come with me in the kitchen. Yeah. And she she likes to think she's my COO. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Emmy, what does a COO do? She's like that being like eye to eye. She's like, Mom, I do magic. And I was like, Fair. That is what a CEO does. They are, they're magicians. I don't know what they do, but yeah. 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 So she comes with me to demos um, and she's been a part of a few of them, which is great because she sees me. She will go up to strangers in a store and go, hi, would you like to try my mommy's chocolate? And they're Mm -hmm. just like, of course. And then she brings them to my table. And of course I'm smiling, like, thank you for being nice to my daughter. And then when they try, they're like, oh, it's good. And she goes, okay, so you're going to buy some. And then they're like, yes. And I'm like, Good job. Thank you. And they and then they leave with a couple packs. And I was like, hey, this works. It does. That is and and she comes to the kitchen too and she will like help me do like just little things in the kitchen because I feel like making them a part of it, they like they they enjoy it more versus if I just said sit there and just watch your iPad until I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, No, you can't have that for sure. Hey, um, so you're out in Toronto at the moment. You mentioned that you've been the lucky recipient of um some funding. Yes, the visa she's next grant. Thank yeah. you. It's, yeah. Now I can imagine that it's probably coming at a really critical time as you're scaling and growing your business because the business needs a, a life source to survive. So talk to us about um, you know, what funding of the business looks like, how it's going to help you grow into what your vision is for the business, and um, you know, what you plan on using that funding for. Yeah. So. Funding is so crucial as you're growing because you need the money to grow. And it's something Mm. that I'm learning as I go. And it's just a constant learning. But um, with the funding of being on my own, I am hoping to hire the first person to like help me with my business so that I can relieve some of the stress and daily tasks and have and focus on the areas that are going to like grow the business. Right. So that's my goal. And I'm thinking um, maybe of hiring someone in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I spend like 17 hours in there a day. So yeah. It's, it's, yeah. 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 It's probably not your best use of time. And I mean, you know, it's something like production can be taught. It can be trained. You know, you can exactly. pass that on. Whereas you're the face yeah. of the business. You need to be out there. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. And I do have a pretty good system and I have some equipment that makes it easy. Yeah. Um, so I feel, yeah, definitely it's the, it's the easiest thing to pass on. Yeah. Yeah. And so my assumption is, is that you had some startup funding, you invested all of that into the business. You've been investing all of the revenue that you've been generating back into the business to keep it operating and growing as well. Uh, Oh yeah. So yeah, there's that. And then, sorry, I didn't fully understand the question, but yeah. And then I also have three loans, which makes it very hard because I feel like any profit that I am making is going straight Straight back into into paying off. Yeah. Paying off. So, I mean, yeah. I would be in a better position if I didn't have those loans, but without those loans, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah. 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 I know it's a funny situation. And so what does the future look like for mindful monk? Like what is your grand vision? My vision, like there is not a lot of options for like, like uh, diabetic chocolates. Like there's Mm. a couple brands out there, but they're still using sweeteners that are questionable. Yeah. Um, My vision is just to really provide like a healthy, nutritious, chocolate snack that's packed with nutrients because you get healthy fats, fiber, and protein in our chocolates. Mm -hmm. Um, That's low in sugar because there are no added sugars. There's just two grams per pack. And that's like the natural sugar from the nut butter that I'm using. Um, And I just, I want it on store shelves so people can just make that choice of like, I want to put this into my body and enjoy myself at the same time. And it's just, and I want to change the way we think of food because I mean, 
food is a joy. Like it brings me joy. I love food. I love being with friends and family and eating really good food. But I also, through my journey, learned that food really does provide a function. Yeah. So I want to show that you can have both. You can have food for function that leaves you feeling good. Um, just, you know, allows you to do what you need to do. And then it also tastes really good too. So yeah. yeah. And I just, I want to make it a global thing. Like right mm -hmm. now I'm working on trying to get it nationwide. And then yeah. from there, like I would love to go either into the US or into like the UK. Um, I just, I really want to get my product out there for people. That's the vision. So to be able to do that, do you intend to grow your, um, build your own production facility or do you imagine a point where you're going to have to outsource production? That's a great question. So when I started this, I did look at outsourcing and working with a co-packer mm. um, just because I was simply told like, you can't do it all on your own. And I was mm. like, okay, I can't do it on my own. Got to find a co-packer. Um, no one wanted to touch what I was doing because um, to this day, no one's really using monk fruit juice mm. um, in their facility. Um, they offered me stevia, they offered me erythritol, all the other sweeteners, but I was very adamant about monk fruit juice. And yeah. also like I'm we're, I'm never going to compromise on the ingredients that we're using. Like there's nine ingredients, all very clean. I'm not going to mm -hmm. like add another Cut filler corners. for, yeah. no, 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 no. So I'm like, I'm like, I've accepted that if my product does not become mass, that's okay. I want to really have my product serve its purpose. So mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. It, it would be, it would be me building my own yeah. facility for sure. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. And I mean, it's being done by other chocolatiers right now. Like it's not an uncommon thing to say. Um, what other businesses do you look to for inspiration? Like, you know, I'm sure that you've got a network like we all do on LinkedIn that, you know, we're out and listening to and, you know, commenting on people's posts and stuff like that. Who is it that you really look to for inspiration out there or have in your network, you know, to have conversations with, pick up the phone, help solve problems with? And yeah, what other businesses do you look to and go, I want to be like that? I want to be like all the businesses out there. I'm going to tell you like just yeah. all the food businesses that have like grown, like, I mean, I mean, I hear them every time I listen to your podcast, but like, you know, Jade from Yogu, Sarah from Chewy's, yeah. Karen from Bloom, yeah. like you just, you look at what they have done. And I mean, it, it seems short, but I know for them it hasn't, but like yeah. they are just, they're doing it. And yeah. like Tara from Smart Suites, like they just did it. And um, another, someone who I've really connected recently though with is um, Mickey from Ume. And oh yeah, I Mickey's just, great. Yeah. I love her. And mm -hmm. like we are like, we're there for each other. Like her and I will text each other when we're doing store visits yeah. and we'll go check our own section, but we'll quickly go check each other's section and be like, Hey, here, how's look, this is a store win. And That's then it's great. just like, thanks. And like, Oh, help me check dates. And like, we just were there for each other. And yeah. like, you know, she's a mom, her and Stan are doing this on their own. Yeah. She has two little ones. So it's yeah. just so nice to speak to someone that gets it. Yeah. So, there are yeah, so yeah. many people living the life that you're living right now that I speak to oh, on I this know. podcast. Yeah. 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 Oh, <laughs> another one is, um, uh Penella lemon maryland oh like yeah I. maryland from Penella lemon that's right actually yeah, yeah, yeah. she yeah. came runner-up the year that we met at the from the oh, ground up yeah, trade yeah, show yeah. that was that yeah, year. yeah 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 so she's another one that i talk to a lot in this because we are like we're both doing it on our own so we connect there and it's just yeah it's really yeah. cool but i mean i also have like mentors and advisors which help me a lot yeah right like who yeah. are like in the industry or similar industry so it's really yeah. good um getting insight from there too that is cool. Um, tell us about like a, a particularly memorable challenge um, throughout the development of your business, something that you had to overcome. I mean, you've already touched on the fact that Everything. you're using monk fruit right now. And, yeah. uh, you know, um, that presented some challenges because people were telling you just it could not be done. So you overcame that. You proved the point that it could be done. You're the first one to market in Canada with monk fruit in your chocolate, which is awesome. Um, what other challenges were you like, 
this, I don't know if I can get through this. I don't know if this is, this is like something that potentially could kill the business, but you got through it. What else was there? My answer wants to be everything because everything has felt like that. I yeah. swear. Um, packaging but is a good place because I mean, you and I spoke about packaging at one point because I did. know that, yeah, you were really intent and I don't know where you landed, um, but obviously you've got your product packaged up, but I know that you had your heart set on compostable packaging and we were sort of working through that. So where did all of that wash out? Yeah, no, I am using, the, sorry, the product that we were discussing though was something that I hope to launch down That's the line. That's right. So I, I have, oh, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, I so understand. It, hasn't, it hasn't, it's not there yet. But That's um, right. Yeah. We will touch base when I'm ready for that. Yeah, no sweat. Uh, so for, for compostable, I did find someone locally yeah. um, who I source my wrappers from. So they're not, um, so they're 100% wood pulp cellulose. Yeah, cool. They're like a Nature Flex. Fire... Yeah, Yeah, good. it is Nature Flex. That's exactly yeah. what I use. So that's, that's what right. I'm using. Good. Although right now I am running into a challenge because their supplier is unknown, like their future is unknown. So right. um, I'm trying to find another supplier as we yeah. speak right now. Um, yeah. And that's there just like a, a beautiful, clear little package, like a cellophane package that you put your product yeah. into and then you're putting and, it into the boxes. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, it heats yeah. you. Yeah. I love it. That's perfect for your yeah. product. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's been so many challenges where I don't know if I was going to get through it. So I mm. invested in some equipment to mm -hmm. help with production. And these are pieces of equipment that I flew in from Italy with mm -hmm. no idea how to use, because as we both know, I do not have a chocolate background. Yeah. So there were some weeks where I was just trying to figure out how to get these machines to work mm. on the phone with like customer service in Italy. So like the hours were just off Jeez. emailing yeah. back and forth. And like, yeah. I remember when I got my enrober with them and just the chocolate would not come out and they were like, okay, what is the, uh, I think the word was fluidity of the chocolate. I'm like, what does that mean? And they're like, okay, so the bag of the chocolate that you purchase, what, how many, um, how many liquid like droplets do you see? And I'm like, I make my own chocolate. They're like, what do you mean you make your own chocolate? And I'm like, I, I don't have a bag. Like I, I put chocolate together myself as like the outer and they're like, oh, okay. Um, well then we don't know how to help you because these machines are meant for chocolate that comes in like Calbo or something or those kind of bags. And I was like, great. So I had to like figure out how to make my chocolate the right consistency or fluidity to, yeah. um, to yeah. come out of the machine. And that, I, at one point I was like, this is, this is never going to happen. Cause I don't have the right chocolate. I'm not doing it the right way. Like I'm making up what I'm doing as I go. And hundreds and hundreds of dollars in ingredients to play with it. And then thousands, and thousands yeah. in yeah. a machine, like yeah. come on. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. 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 So where did you land? It was just a matter of just playing with it until you got it right. Just yeah, adjusting testing. the temperature, viscosity, all of those things until you landed Everything. in a sweet spot. Yeah. Temperature ingredients, and it was a constant like, okay, a little more of this, a little less of this, and then temperature up, temperature down. It was just so much yeah. of just testing. And I remember yeah. the first time the chocolate came out of like the the tube, I like I bawled. I was like, <laughs> it came. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it was like such a relief. Like, yeah, it was huge because that took so long. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, that's a great yeah, story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell us about some of the huge wins that you've had. Like, obviously, you know, you're on the retail shelf in a lot of locations now. Um, you know, tell us about your sales and marketing process to get there. Um, well, one of the biggest wins, and I, I hear this again always on your podcast, was in June, I launched, launched in Whole Foods BC, which is yeah. really cool. So yeah. got to five of their locations. I saw the video uh, that you posted of you walking your mom into the store and she she found it on the shelf. That was really cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Because um, so that Whole Foods in particular, the one in Burnaby, um, my parents used to live right up above there. Cool. And just after every meal, we go through there. And my dad, just being a typical dad, would just walk around and be like, 
why is everything so expensive? Who shops in here? And he would just complain. And like, I would just laugh because I'm behind him, like filling my cart with things. I'm like, I shop here. Yeah. Um, and it was just so awesome. So, um, and he, he passed in 2017. I'm so, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. But it's, we're good. But um, I just remember when I started this business, I'm like, oh, I would just love for dad to find my product on the shelf and look at me and be like, why is this so expensive? Because like, for <laughs> yeah. me, that would be me being like, oh, he's proud of me. Like I yeah. did it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was kind of a goal. And funny enough, when my mom was there on the shelf and she saw it, she's like, oh, look, look, look. And then she looked at the price. She's like, why is yours more expensive than everyone else's? I'm like, okay, <laughs> like it worked. It did. It happened. And anyways, I just explained to her the ingredients and everything. But yeah, it was just, it was a really cool moment. That is a cool but, moment. Um, getting into these stores have it's been a struggle because yeah. um it's kind of a new category like refrigerated snacking refrigerated chocolate i mean mm-hmm. thank goodness midday squares is like paving the way for that i was about and, to mention um, them yeah 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 no i'm i'm so grateful for that um funny enough launched the business february like second 2020s when i had the idea mm-hmm. two days later on my instagram i had a sponsored ad pop-up and it was like midday squares and they're like we're functional chocolate, we're refrigerated, we're this, this, this. And I was just like, um, okay. I'm like, either this is a sign to like, stop, like, don't do it because someone else is, or this is a sign, like there's a need for a product like this. So continue on. So I'm glad you I chose did. that way. Yeah. Yeah. I did choose that way. But um, yeah, it's been having to like, um, share with people like, okay, this is something that's already present in the U S like if you go to any whole foods target, um, mm-hmm. south of the border, like, they have like four foot sections, three shelves, and they have plenty of like brands that are refrigerated chocolate because they're using cleaner ingredients and no preservatives. Yeah. Yeah. So it's already there and Canada's just right behind it. Like, so it's been me communicating that message, communicating, looking in the fridge, in the dairy cooler, in the kombucha cooler, um, and then working with buyers. So like something's really cool is like Nature's Fair. They just opened their new store in um, Kamloops. Yeah. And Zach was like, guess what? And I'm like, what? He's like, we built a refrigerated snack section. And I was like, awesome. And he's like, yeah. So it's like, it's becoming a thing. So that's kind of been working in my favor, but just getting there, it's, it's still hard. Yeah. Yeah. So it's educating the buyer and educating the consumer at the same time. Sort of how do you look at the two and, uh, you know, is the messaging the same? No, the message is not the same because with the store, it's like fighting for shelf space in like already such a hard category, like refrigerated, mm-hmm. like just cooler. It's just so Sorry, hard. Chuck but block, it's isn't it? Yeah. Showing them the potential. And then, you know, I do refer to midday squares cause that's usually who I'm right next to. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they're bringing customers there already. This is just an alternative for the customer looking for one that's more low in sugar. That's more suited for their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I do with them. And then for consumers, it's like, Hey, guess what? Like, um, this is a new snack and what's unique about it is you're going to find it in the fridge, which I know is not typical, but it's because it's fresh, fresh ingredients, real ingredients. Um, that's why you got to keep it cool. There's no preservatives. Mm. And mm-hmm. so there's that kind of education piece there. That's great. That makes total sense. The value proposition of fresh is in, you know, that's really cool as well. Um, what is the shelf life on your product? It is nine months. Okay, so I've done wow. third party testing. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so you're able to get all of your NFTs and stuff like that for your box. Was that an easy process to go through? Yes, because I don't know if I follow the traditional route, but like there's a lot of um, like there's a lot of apps online where you can kind of like fill in Mm. your own information. So I just utilize that. I mean, one day I may get someone to actually do it, but yeah, yeah, I've been using those platforms to do it. That's that's kind of common. A lot of our clients do that as well. Okay, good. Yeah, no, you're not alone there. (laughs) 
Perfect. Very cool. Hey, if you had the opportunity to go back to before you started with the business, with the knowledge that you have now, what business advice would you give yourself? Oh, gosh. Um, I would tell myself that every mistake, because you're going to make a ton of mistakes and every failure, because they're going to happen, means you're going the right way. Like mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I would tell myself, like, it doesn't mean you did something wrong. It doesn't mean um, it's not working out. It means like you have a lesson to learn here. So figure that out, whatever that lesson is, and keep going because it, it's part of the process. It's part of the journey because mm. uh, oh, so many times I've just wanted to quit and be like, what is going on? Nothing's working out, like, mm. you know, losing your mind. But then you get over it, you figure it out, and then it, you just keep going. So I would tell mm. myself, like, be prepared for that. Yeah. I mean, it's so often in life that when you make a decision, you feel as if it might be like a critical decision, um, you know, that is going to make a huge difference in the business and it is but if it works out to be incorrect it's not necessarily always going to be catastrophic very rarely is a decision that you're making going to be catastrophic you know yeah yeah and i feel like if it's if it if, if it is like a no or something doesn't work out mm. then it just it wasn't meant to be at that time yeah. and that's okay timing might yeah. not be right yeah exactly yeah that's a nice way to look at it um if you were to fast forward a year from now and you could say to me that you'd have your best year ever what would you have accomplished i would have a team Mm-hmm. I just envision having a team so much of like having someone to talk to yeah, yeah. <laughs> and have that little banter back and forth and just, you know, having more minds and like, you know, getting smart together and figuring things out and how to give more to people like that mm-hmm. to me is tells me that I'm like, I'm doing well. It's like, I just, I have a team like-minded individuals all wanting to help other people feel good through good food. So yeah. Yeah. That's Fantastic. Let's well, not out of reach. You just got funding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just a matter yeah. of finding the right people now. That seems to be a bit of a challenge at the moment for everybody out there. Like, um, you know, hiring the right people and keeping the right people. Yeah. 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 What's your yeah. strategy there? So I have this vision. I, I call them freedom rules. So mm-hmm. um, what I would like is like, I know obviously what rules I need filled, but it's yeah. just like having people in that area kind of, let me know what they want to do. Like, what mm-hmm. are what do they like to do? What do they enjoy? What interests them? Um, and then kind of like focusing on them doing that while mm-hmm. also achieving the goals of the business. So yeah, yeah. like right now I do have an intern, which I'm grateful for. Uh, he okay. just started with me like a couple of weeks ago, uh, yeah. SEO marketing. He's like, this is what I love to do. And I was like, okay, well, I'm like, these, these are the things that I want to hit. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, so go do you and what you like to do and work towards my goals. And it's been two weeks and it's, he's doing it. Like he's killing it. Really? It's, it's cool. And it's, I feel very hands-off and I feel very like confident. And he asks questions. Like he asks great questions and I yeah. give him what he needs and he's like, okay, so yeah, yeah. I, this is something that I want to keep doing with people that join the team. That's interesting. Now, if you reflect back on what you learned when you did your BA in commerce, you know, which was focused on entrepreneurial management, I'm sure that you were sort of working on different components of the business, you know, whether you're discussing finance marketing, so-and-so, or and so on, you know, is that sort of relevant to where you're at right now? Because as you break the business apart into different components and you potentially start outsourcing it to, you know, employees and so on, you need to have a really good idea as to sort of how each component of the business works, how they interact in the language you've got to use to be able to convey the message and what you're, you know, looking for and the targets that you want to hit and so on. So now is sort of a perfect time to sort of like dig into that because, you know, is that something that you're reflecting on sort of your education 
back that you received back then and maybe it's relevant now even though you said it hasn't been throughout the you know the building of the business so far maybe that's when you sort of pull it forward um honestly that's hard for me to answer because i feel like i feel like more of the beginning of like you know writing the business plan mm, okay. and all that stuff to get funding like that stuff that i learned from my bcom was very relevant yeah yeah um but this whole part of it no because like in school they're like you're right there's all these different categories but yeah. there's someone for operations there's someone for finance there's That's someone right. for marketing someone yeah. for accounting but when you start a business you are all those people and mm -hmm. that i was not prepared for so yeah. like they always had this mindset like oh there's a department for that yeah and even when i came into this i was like coming from big like working for big corporations like there's always a department for that mm. but no like it, it, it's not the same because okay. i feel like i've tried to outsource certain parts of my business like i've tried to outsource financing yeah yeah marketing yeah. um yeah. and they it did not work out at yeah. all yeah and um so i feel like i do need to learn all these things but because i have done everything yeah back to your point yeah now that i'm going to be looking for people i know what they're going to be doing like i have an idea yeah I've done enough to get by, um, but they're just going to, they're going to level it up and take it to the next level. Yeah. I hear that's really exciting. Well, listen, congratulations all in all for your success to date and good luck for the future. I'm really excited to watch you keep on growing. And uh, if you. anybody wanted to get in touch, what's the best way for them to get about it? Uh, Alice uh, from Mindful Monk is my personal Instagram where I share kind of like the business journey and what it's like being uh, an entrepreneur with two kids. Um, for the chocolates, it's at Mindful Monk Snacks. And on LinkedIn, it's Alice Gray or Mindful Monk. I am not active there, but I, I will start because I've heard it's a great platform for connecting. LinkedIn's with. awesome. It really is. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Neha is a huge advocate for LinkedIn. She's like, you need to get on it. And yeah, I'm like, she drives okay, hard. I'm working on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, there are, there are some people that leverage the hell out of LinkedIn and seem to have a lot of success. Um, Mitch from Ravita is somebody that comes to mind straight away and he's just, uh, he's doing some great things there. Mike Fatter is doing some awesome things there. And uh, yeah, LinkedIn's awesome. It's, it's such a great community. And I just check in a couple of times a day on it. I don't necessarily have something to say, but I'm always sort of just curious as to what other people are saying. And I might throw in a comment here or there and it's really cool yeah you should definitely look at it yeah, yeah yeah i will i think my first post might be um thanking visa for the great opportunity of good call the grant yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome well listen thank you so much for your time today i really enjoyed our conversation and uh yeah good luck with everything thank you so much for having me hayden take care bye bye Okay, thanks again for listening to today's episode with Alice. If you've got any questions or comments from today's episode or would like to get in touch with me to see how I can assist you with your packaging, all of the links that you need can be found down in the show notes below. All right, thanks again. I hope to see you all back here next week for another great conversation. Cheers.